Welcome to Flow with Armand Asadi. Welcome, welcome, my beautiful people. It's good to be with you. It's been a minute. I missed you. And um, I'm excited to dive into a conversation with you and explore um, something that I have been tangling with um, that is really a present theme right now. And in many ways, that is what this podcast has become. It's become a platform and an opportunity for us to have a conversation and for me to explore these problems that I think are quite common, uh, the types of things that a lot of us deal with and think about, and to work together um, to examine these things, and selfishly for me, and probably even for you, to tap into a bit of a flow state. Um, as we explore these ideas and get into these conversations. And in particular, a lot of the themes that we've obviously been exploring come down to to fulfillment, to freedom, under the uh, umbrellas of philosophy and psychology. And today is no different, because uh, this episode finds us at an incredible juncture, at an incredible time in the world, in particular, the macro landscape has been very bleak, very heavy. And uh, depending on how old you are, this may be uh, the first time you've been in a position where you have a real piggy bank and uh, you're being faced with some very difficult decisions, watching your portfolio shrink if you're in crypto like I am looking at it down 70, 80%, depending on when you got in the game. And that's not easy. In addition to the fact that inflation is at the highest it's been, I think, uh, 40 years. And things are not looking too swell around the world. Not to mention the war, not to mention all these other things that you got going on, problem with your sister, problem with your brother. (laughs) (laughs) got to take your dog to the vet, everything's getting more expensive, you're afraid to fill up your gas tank, afraid you're going to lose your job, afraid your business is going to stop making money. And even personally for myself, in such a period of uncertainty, you know, we're always in a period of uncertainty. And as I've said before, change is the only constant in life. And it's such a human characteristic to want to cling, to hold on to something, to create a sense of security, consistency, and groundedness. And often we look to the external world for that. That's what I want to explore today. I want to explore this idea. First of all, there are some basic things that a person can do to just generally, tangibly, literally uh, solve certain problems, things that are within their control to create a sense of security for themselves. And the first and most important piece of all of this is security. A person who does not feel secure is going to be in a terrible state of mind. I remember back when I left my job at Google for the first time. And, uh, for the, you know, became, an, became a solopreneur, as I called it. It was such an incredible sense of euphoria to know that I was out on my own, living my 
quote, freedom lifestyle. (laughs) I was in that stage of naive optimism that every new solopreneur entrepreneur goes through. I did it. I'm free. I'm living my four-hour work week. I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to travel the world. All my dreams are possible. And and they are, and they still, many of them came true, and <laughs> they took a lot longer than I, than I thought, and I had all these ideas of what life would look like. And then, of course, time goes on, and you go through the different stages of entrepreneurship, and you learn that, actually, your naive optimism was an incredible asset, an incredible tool, because the reality of entrepreneurship is absolutely fucking brutal. You learn that it is akin to staring into the abyss, into the abyss and chewing glass, as Elon Musk famously likes to say. And I think it's a very accurate statement. But that naive optimism helps you and you overcome so many obstacles as a result of that because you just don't know a whole lot and you don't have a lot of experience. At the same time, I remember making a lot of poor decisions. I was living in San Francisco, and I thought, oh, I'll just keep my lifestyle. I had just met my girlfriend at the time, was in a serious relationship, who I'm now married to, by the way. Yay. (laughs) And, you know, I, I was fronting. Like I wanted to put on a bit of a, a bit of a show. Like, I'm okay. Like, it's gonna be fine, you know, I'm gonna make a ton of money and I'm an entrepreneur now. Unlimited ceiling of of money that I can make. I'm not limited to a salary anymore. And of course, with the cost of living and being accustomed to making, you know, $200,000 a year, I didn't really change my lifestyle much. And consider by the way, that was in 2011, making $200,000 a year or so, you know, 25 years old. It's pretty pretty damn good. (laughs) And so having to adjust my lifestyle, you know, I was in my like, let's go out, let's party, let's see the world, let's go to Coachella, let's do it all stage. Kind of still am, but (laughs) I've, uh, you know, I've experienced a lot of things now. And as a result of wanting to experience them, experience them at that time. And um, as a result, I uh, got into debt. I got into debt and I kept placing bets on my future. I was placing a bet on myself. You know, I was like, it'll work out. It's worth it. I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in my business. Every entrepreneur goes through this. But what I learned looking back is, first of all, everybody has a different tolerance to pressure and uncertainty. I learned that being in debt for me was really psychologically challenging. It was a huge, heavy weight on my shoulders. Massive. It was like carrying a ton of bricks around every single day. And I was in a lot of fear. And what that does to a person is that you then cannot work creatively. Your best ideas, your best thoughts, your best writing, your best 
drawing your best, whatever your outlet is, whatever your art is, maybe it's numbers, maybe it's whatever it is, uh, maybe it's just a sense of work ethic and focus, it cannot manifest in that state of mind the way that it used to. So you'll find, and I found, that getting into that state of flow became extremely difficult. And then, so it became more and more fleeting than ever before. And then when you, your default mode becomes one of survival. So your decision-making breaks down, you make poorer and poorer decisions, and you dig a deeper hole. That's what I learned. And looking back at that young guy going through that challenge for the first time, I learned a lot about what it takes to get secure and feel good. And I developed a set of protocols, a set of frameworks. I read I read the books, man, you know? I read the books on entrepreneurship. I attended the the seminars, I hired the coaches, but more importantly what I'm referring to is I I read the books on money. Uh not to mention one that I read just last year, I think called The Psychology of Money, and continue to learn about how to really create that sense of security, knowing that I never want to, as far as I can control, to the best of my ability, I want to make sure that I have that feeling that I've checked off the boxes I can check, and that I am in a secure position to the best of my ability. Now, that kind of covers, there's so much we could talk about there, but that kind of covers the bucket of, well, what can I control? And so I would, in this moment, in this day and age, in this uh, time that you find yourself, as a friend, I would tell you, make sure that you are doing what you need to do to create that sense of security to the best of your ability, to the, to the, to the highest level and degree possible. Um, secure yourself, secure your housing, secure your assets, secure your income um, to the best of your ability. And if things go wrong and get into a bad situation or you get liquidated because you borrowed too much against your stocks and your margin call or something hard and terrible happens, you know, make sure to view it the right way. And there's Probably an infinite number of ways to view it, but I think that there's one objective right way that is the most productive to a healthy mind and a healthy life, and that is, what did I learn from this? And what is the pattern? What was the mistake? And write it down. And what have I learned that I can add into my framework, my decision-making framework around investing or wealth management that I won't make this mistake next time? Because then that $100,000, $500,000, million dollars, or even $1,000 that you lost uh, has a reward on the other side of it. It was like a cost of admission to learning the lesson. That is the perspective. That has to be the perspective. Because if you view it as, I'm stupid, I made a mistake, I can't believe what I did, blah, 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 and you beat yourself up and you don't get to that stage of what did I learn, then not only did you lose the money, but you gained nothing, 
and you destroyed your sense of worth and you put yourself in a negative state of mind and you will likely repeat the mistake again. (laughs) So don't do that, I think. (laughs) Now, getting secure was that first piece. And so the second piece becomes how to manage the volatility, how to manage the unknown. I've spent a lot of time reading books and exposing myself through my own inner work to uh, ideas that, you know, some people call, uh, let, let let me rephrase this. There's there's a transcendental solution to the problem, right? So whenever a problem comes up, what a lot of people like to do is to transcend it. And by transcend it, they remove themselves from their ego and they disidentify with the ego that is at conflict with life. And, and, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast and they become the observer. And, I, and I've actually talked about this as something that I do, that I've always done, that I believe is a path to fulfillment. I might have a bit of a different take on it today is, is what I feel coming out. And so they observe. And by observing and disidentifying with the problem, the problem just becomes a problem. It becomes its own entity. It no longer has control over you and your emotions you can observe it for what it is, this passing momentary thing, and you can be at peace with all the chaos that is happening in life. This is a very Eastern, very Buddhist way of approaching the problems, trials, and tribulations of life. You know, catastrophe happens it's not good. It's not bad. You know, you've probably heard the story of the Chinese farmer. I won't recite it right now, but look it up. I particularly like when Alan Watts, um, does the, uh, (laughs) kind of rehearses it, plays it out. Story of the Chinese farmer, Alan Watts on YouTube. And it's this process of no matter what happens, it's not good. It's not bad. And by the way, to take that just a little bit deeper, not the episode for it, but just just to scratch it, that might actually be a fundamental truth of nature. And one of the areas that I've been spending a lot of time is uh, exploring, going deep down the rabbit hole of the ideas of Baruch Spinoza, uh, one of the greatest philosophers of all time, the role model of Albert Einstein, the creator of the idea of pantheism, which then led me down uh, many, many more rabbit holes and um, digging even deeper into alternative forms of pantheism, like panantheism. Uh, And yes, I'm not joking. There's actually a great YouTube channel called Closer to Truth that um, does a good job of comparing and contrasting these. And uh, for those of you wonder junkies out there. So, specifically what I'm actually saying there is that within the worldview of pantheism and Spinoza's philosophy, which of course depends on interpretation, these ideas of good and bad are, are 
that everything is just an event and there's just nothing but substance in the universe and we are the ones giving meaning to if things are good or bad. I agree with that. So no matter the lens we look at it through, Buddhism or pantheism or Eastern philosophy or just some Western guru telling you to accept, 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 like, you know, uh, even like an Eckhart Tolle would probably say something like this, like a new age spiritualism kind of person would say something like this. Accept life. Do not be in conflict with life. Make the present moment your friend. If you don't accept life and the present moment, then you're in conflict with it. And if you're in conflict with the present moment, then you're actually in conflict with life itself. Again, I, I really agree with that. But I'm also a, I'm also a human being. <laughs> I am a human being. And it's really difficult to do that. And there's definitely no such thing as just hitting a switch and from that moment on you're just able to do that the only person in the world who's able to do that i don't think there is any person in the world that, that is able to do that and even monks don't claim to be able to do that and yet monks have to spend so much of their lives just in deep meditation and observation and being in silence i don't want that life i don't want to sit by a river or under a bodhi tree for the rest of my life just to avoid or to be aware of the true inherent nature of suffering for what suffering is in the world. And, you know, again, we'll, we won't go there now, but I don't want that life. I want to be human. I want to be a man in America who is striving for success and building companies and now building this incredible podcast and now another podcast and I want to make an impact and I want to make things happen and I want to have fun and I want to have moments of bliss, of course, but I I want life. I don't want to be a passive observer of it. I want to get on the ride. I want to be a part of the ride. And so there's a conflict there that I don't quite know how to grapple with because I think that as this chaos ensues in the world, there is only so much that we can do. So as the ancient saying goes, control what you can control, change what you can change and let go of the rest. Um, don't they say this in AA as well, even? And even in some uh, religious groups, it's like, let go and let God, right? <laughs> okay, fine. Trust the world. Let it all flow. Let it all happen. Let it all unfold around you. Another great book that I've, you know, talked about, uh, The Untethered Soul, The Surrender Experiment. It's a sister book as well, a companion book. Phenomenal. Basically tells you to do this. It's literally a book about letting go surrendering, watching, becoming the watcher. And that true peace and happiness comes from that place. I do buy it. Don't get me wrong. I think that my happiest, most blissful moments or periods even in life, you could say, not just moments, like periods in life have come when I really do that to the best of my ability. And I remind myself 
to be the watcher. But again, there's a conflict there because the moment you have that reaction to life, you kind of feel bad about it. And you go, man, I should have known better. And yes, it's a constant process of just awareness, right? Okay, I'm going to be more aware. I'm going to be more aware. I'm going to be more aware. I am the watcher. I'm the watcher. I'm the watcher of this. I don't have to react to it, you know? A mode of non-reaction. So I think it's very healthy to be that way. I really do. But I also think it's okay to acknowledge being human. And maybe to not be that way sometimes, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Maybe it's okay to sometimes understand that in order to get a certain... I'm I'm really grappling with this. I, I think sometimes in order to get a certain type of result, you've got to step into that human element. And again, I think the author of The Untethered Soul might argue with me and say, you should show up. You should fully reach and strive for your potential, but you should surrender the outcome. Like so much suffering comes from, we want life to be a certain way and we want certain things to happen. And when they don't happen that way, then we suffer. And that's basically what the author says, which again, I, I agree with. But I think that there are really challenging things going on right now for a lot of people. And that if you have moments and periods where you need to really roll up your sleeves and get in there, then by all means, get in there. And that doesn't mean to suffer. That doesn't mean to react to the things you can't control. But I think that ultimately in this environment, inaction could be very detrimental. Let me give an example just to, to, to illustrate something. I, uh, and we're in such a level of nuance and details here. So those of you that are flowing right with me, <laughs> uh, like, I love you. Thank you. Um, and I'm sure you can even see the, uh, the, the discrepancies in my thinking and the conflicts in my own thinking as I'm exploring this, but thank you for accepting that. <laughs> um, let me give you an example. One of the things that I've always done is the framework that I developed for my investment uh, investment uh, methodology and thesis was basically you know in crypto we have this phrase like hodling, holding, but the D before the L it's just a it's just a funny meme concept. Um, but a lot of that comes from the idea of traditional finance and traditional investing, which is all about buying assets that you have conviction in and you believe in for the long run buying them, accumulating them, and holding them, and withstanding the volatility, regardless of what happens in the environment, in the world, and in the market. The bull runs and the bear you know, cycles, just watch them. And don't panic sell and don't panic buy. It's like, okay, cool. But we've gotten to such an unprecedented, unique point in the whole macro world that I don't know anymore if that's going to work. 
because watching and waiting and holding actually seems like it could be a recipe for disaster. And I'm a person of decent intelligence, and I understand a fair amount of stuff about macro and the economy, but I'm also surrounded by a ton of people that are way smarter than I am, and I love it. And by the way, a lot of that is happening through Alfalfa, my crypto, you know, politics podcast. And in our Discord, I'm surrounded by all these brilliant people, and I love it. And part of the things that I'm realizing lately is this style of watching and waiting may no longer serve and may no longer actually be applicable in the new world that we are moving toward. And again, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody has that crystal ball. If they did, you know, well, they'd just be a freaking, would be the richest person in the world. Um, so we're all figuring it out together, but there are so many examples of things happening that being passive is just not working uh, for a lot of people right now. So, you know, the overall thing that I really came here to explore was how to stay sane, what to do in this environment. And I think that an information diet is very important. It can be very, it's very easy to get overwhelmed right now by everything that's happening. So only consuming so much, knowing that you can't know everything, making sure to limit the drug, the dopamine of constant information and your phone and the apps and all the things that are happening is so important. And surrendering to what's happening is so important, but also really making the best decision you possibly can is also really important because on the other side of all the fear and all the uh, anxiety that people are feeling is, I still believe, possibly one of the greatest generational wealth accumulation opportunities we'll ever see. I have no idea how long this bear market is going to last, but I do know that a handful of assets, maybe more, will provide a thousand X return over the next whatever, 10 years. And timing that right and uh, picking that right, and I'm not talking about just some blind gambling here or you know covering your eyes and choosing, I'm talking about really investing in these assets that are going to shape the future, which even crypto is looking there's a lot of question marks around crypto, uh, for sure. Nothing is a for sure thing. But for me personally, I'm betting on technology. I'm betting on the better system winning. The better, the better model of the internet winning, the better structure, the infrastructure, software layer of the internet winning, which is Ethereum, possibly the better store of value, digital store of value winning, which is Bitcoin, and many other things that may come as a result of that. And how you place those bets is incredibly important. And you can't just sit back. There are things you got to do. So I think above all, it's just making sure you feel good. 
you feel good, you feel secure, you have your head on straight, you're exercising, which is so important for me, important for most people, but everybody has a big domino. You know, for some people it's it's um, meditation, for some people it's journaling, um, for a lot of people it's exercise, and for me it's definitely exercise. Having your head on straight, feeling good, feeling confident, so that when the chaos happens or when the opportunity presents itself, you can make the best decision possible. All while tapping into a lot of those truths about the true nature of life that we explored. So I think this was really a way to reach out and say, I hope you're doing well. If you're not, it's okay. You know, just accept it. It's okay. Uh, this too shall pass. It will get better. It always does. It always, 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 always does. And uh, if you're doing great, well, then fucking A, well done. Keep crushing. If you're just neutral, take this as an opportunity to get back into the fundamentals, get the mind right, get the body right, and hit these opportunities because there's going to be so many of them. So many of them. And when it comes to fulfillment, look, for me, I really do believe money and wealth is a very important pillar of life. I love money. <laughs> it feels so weird to say that. It almost felt taboo. Uh, I kind of caught myself hesitating, but it wanted to come out. I, I love money. I love what money provides. It's a powerful, incredible tool to allow you to take care of yourself and the people you love and to create experiences and safety and security and prosperity and health and fun. It's an amazing thing. Like you don't need it necessarily to be happy, but uh, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I like to position myself to accumulate as much of it as possible. Because then and only then do I really believe that a person can continue to ascend and think about the deeper things. I mean, that's why Maslow's hierarchy of needs exists, right? It's fundamentally true. We need security. And as we ascend and we move up the ladder and we have significance, and then we can think about things like meaning. <laughs> um, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you're doing well. Um, a little invitation for you, by the way. So like I mentioned, my um, Alfalfa podcast is doing really, really well. I was actually interviewed on the number one crypto podcast in the world two weeks ago called Bankless uh, with the other Alfalfa boys. And um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty different style podcast, but actually we have three segments in every episode. We go money, then policy, so, you know, culture and politics and things that are happening around the world, and then life. And life is usually something, um, you know, it could be health, it could be philosophy, psychology. Um, we talked about, you know, porn even uh, in one episode, the Tinder effect in another episode, and then another episode, it was like, you know, meaning of life type stuff. Um and, you know, more around fulfillment and things like that, which is kind of what we're doing here. So the uh, life segment 
in particular and the the money segment because you know a lot of what I've done here has been very uh, in the past especially was very business and entrepreneurship focused I think many of you would find very interesting and one of the things that I should have done from the very beginning from from the very beginning with flow was create a discord creating a discord for the alfalfa community has been so so amazing the value of community just wow so I would love to have you in there actually um, even though you're coming from flow you know that's okay check out alfalfa and I think you'll find the life channel in the discord um, super awesome today there was conversation around all kinds of things psychedelics um, fulfillment mental health all kinds of stuff so uh, and someone even threw some simulation theory stuff in there as well so very fitting um, check that out the link is at alfalfapod.com that's a l f a l f a alfalfa like the the sprout the wheat um, alfalfapod pod.com and you'll see a link to the discord there and um, yeah say hi let me know you listen to this episode just uh, pop in or shoot me a DM on Instagram if you enjoyed this one and um, I'll see you next time much love to you take care of yourself stay safe stay strong strong like bull peace